Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Pastor Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. We're very excited about this month. Things are going really, really well over the last few weeks. We just released our brand new book called An Alternate Reality. If you haven't gotten a copy, please go to Amazon.com. You can get paperback or the ebook version of that, but it's doing really well. If you have gotten a copy, if you would, please leave us a review on there. Those reviews do such a great thing as far as pushing the book out there for other people and helping it go up in the rankings. I truly believe that this book right here is our best one. The basis of this book is found in John chapter 17. We did one book called Aliens that's based on uh, what Jesus was praying in John 17. And an alternate reality is basically picking up where we left off with aliens and just looking at this life that we can live here on this earth that even though we're on the earth, we can live from heaven. We can experience different results than that of the sinner. And that's really what we're pushing for. You know, I've thought about this for quite a while, but, you know, you and I as believers, as sons and daughters of God, we should be experiencing different results than that of the sinner. And if we're not, there's a problem. And if we look at the majority of the church, that is what's going on, is that the church folk are experiencing the very same results as the sinners. And that should not be the case. And we should not be satisfied and okay with that being the case. We need to humble ourselves and say, all right, Holy Spirit, where do, I, where do I need to change? What do I need to fix? And so I believe that this book, An Alternate Reality, will help each and every one of us, help us to change our mindset, change our perspective, and see like Jesus sees so we can get results like Jesus gets results. So I'm very excited about this book. I believe it's a game changer for a lot of people. So get you a copy. And if you have gotten a copy, please leave us a review. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, social media. Let people know about it. Uh, I truly believe it will change people's lives. So an alternate reality is available. And then we also have some other good news for you. You know, we have very much been focused on the book translations and to the various countries of those that we've been going into. We've been putting a big focus on Europe, but we actually had an opportunity come up just last week to begin the process of having Possessors of Life translated into Urdu. And so that's the, the dominant language in Pakistan and in India. So we're super, super excited about that. That translation should be ready by mid-end of summer. And so there's some other things that will go along with that that we'll share with you. But we're really excited about that. If you'd like to be a part of the translations that we're doing, again, we're, we're translating each of these books, like our core books, into the languages of the countries that we go to. Because when we go into that country, there's many pastors that come to these services. And so we want to get these books into these pastors' hands. In most of the cases, we're able to give these away free to sow into their lives so that they can take these back and get this into the hands of their people and their churches. So if you'd like to be a part of that, be one of our Dream Team members, 
You can go to chadgonzalez.com and go to the Dream Team page and be a monthly partner with us. It doesn't take a lot. We've told people, if you do $5, man, we're super excited about that. That $5 helps to cover a one printed book. So be a partner with us. We'd love to have you on the team. And then again, as always, if you haven't taken part in the Healing Academy, do that. We've got two volumes, volume one, volume two, just some really, really good stuff in there. We, we have people right now that have participated in the Healing Academy from 14 or 15 countries from last I've seen. So just seen a great response from that. And at some point this year, we'll begin working on volume three. So praise the Lord. God's good, doing some great things. And we're so, so honored and excited to be a part of it. Last thing I want to let you know of is that if you are in the Houston, Texas area, make plans to join us at the end of May. We're going to be at Houston Faith Church, Pastor Chaz and Joni Stevenson. We're going to be doing Sunday morning and Sunday night healing services. So if you know someone who is in need of healing, needs a miracle, or you just want to be inspired to go after more of God, make plans to be there at Houston Faith Church in Houston, Texas. That's going to be Sunday, May 23rd, morning and evening. Mark that on your calendars. If you're a partner with us, I would love, love, love to see you there and get to meet you. And uh, we have some free gifts there for our partners. So put that on your calendar. And let's go ahead and get into our message uh, for this month, this episode of the Supernatural Life podcast. I want to talk about death by choice. I know that may sound a little strange, but death by choice. The reason this is important, it's a part of this alternate reality in that in the world, the world thinks that they have no choice over, over when they die, that it's just this thing of been, their life has been allotted to them and God has the date marked on the calendar on which they have to die. Now for the sinner, they don't have much choice in what's going on in their life, whether they get sick or not, or when they die or what happens to them. But for the saint, for the child of God, for the son and daughter of God, there is a choice. And the world's reality, there's this idea that's been accepted by truth. And yet it's a lie that's been propagated by Satan for thousands of years. The sinner has believed it. And unfortunately, the church has bought into it. It's the idea that you have no choice over when you die. And as in most cases, much of the lies has been pushed by Satan it has just a little touch of scripture on it. But remember, Satan is the deceiver. Uh, he doesn't have any control over us as a believer. But he doesn't come to you and just say, hey, would you drink the poison? <laughs> no, he's going to put it on a nice, juicy steak. Job chapter 14, verses 1 through 5, it says this, Man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He comes forth like a flower and fades away. He flees like a shadow and does not continue. And do you open your eyes on such a one and bring me to judgment with yourself? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? No one. Since his days are determined, the number of his months is with you. You have appointed his limits so that he cannot pass. Job states in his prayer to God that his days of life have already been determined by God. This statement came from Job during his nine-month affliction by Satan. If you read the entire book of Job, you quickly discover that Job didn't really know what he was talking about. In Job's prayer, he goes on to say that he would be better off for God to kill him and put him in a grave. 
If this was the only basis for people believing they have no choice in their time of death, then I get it. But if it doesn't seem like you have any authority on the earth, then it would seem logical that you have no control over when you take your last breath. Plus, a lot of preachers have grabbed hold of this passage of Scripture. They have used it for centuries to put people in the grave. And I'm not just talking about those people who have died. Millions and millions of Christians over the years have been encouraged by ignorant ministers on their deathbed by letting them know that God is in control. But friend, if God was in control, then everyone would be saved and we would all be out of here. Do you realize that? Remember in the very beginning, God gave man dominion over the earth. We are the ones that are in control, but in far too many cases, we have given that authority over to Satan. We've given that authority over to Satan to use against us. Do you think about that? Do you realize that? We've given him the authority in that. We've given him the authority in that. So does God's head of our days numbered on a calendar in heaven? Well, certainly God is all-knowing and he knows the day that we will die, but is that day set because God chose it? Or is that day set because God knows that's the day we will choose? Remember, we're always looking to Jesus. Jesus stated that he was reality. He states this in John chapter uh, 14. He said, I am the way, I am the truth. That word truth is the Greek reality. I am reality and I am life. You see, whatever was available to Jesus, it's available to me, it's available to you because of our union with him. Check out what Jesus had to say in John 10, 18 about control over his life. Jesus said, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. My goodness, what a powerful, powerful statement. Don't forget, this was Jesus saying this, not as God. Jesus was saying this as a man filled with God. This means we can say the very same thing because we are in the very same position. Jesus said, no one can take my life from me. Do you realize the, the power of that statement? No one can take my life from me. And we can see this all throughout Jesus' earthly ministry. Remember all the times pe that people tried to kill him? In Luke chapter 4, verse 20, it says, He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All the eyes in the synagogue were looking at him intently. And then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. In verse 28, it says, When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. This mob started pushing Jesus toward a cliff to kill him. Yet somehow, someway, Jesus simply just passed through the crowd. How is it possible that a group of people detains one person and somehow, some way, that person just walks away without any struggle and the people knowing it? It doesn't even say that Jesus ran away. Jesus just casually went his way. It's because Jesus was always in control. John chapter 10, verse 34, it says, Jesus answered them and said, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are God's? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, 
you are blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you would know and believe that the Father's in me and I am in him. Therefore, they sought all again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hand. Here again, you have more church people getting so mad at Jesus, they want to kill him. But somehow Jesus slipped through all of their grasp. Why? How did this happen? They couldn't touch Jesus because, again, Jesus was in control of his life. Let's look again at what Jesus said about control over his life in John chapter 10, verse 18. He said, I surrender my own life and no one has the power to take my life from me. I have the authority to lay it down and the power to take it back again. This is the destiny my father has set before me. This, this teaching set off another heated controversy among the Jewish leaders. Many of them said, this man is demon possessed. He's a lunatic. Why would anyone listen to a word he says? Now, friend, this is about as plain as it gets. Jesus says, no one has the power to take my life from me. Think about that. He said, no one has the power to take my life from me. He said, I have the authority to lay it down and I have the power to take it back again. Who had complete authority over Jesus' life? Jesus did. Who gave Jesus authority over his life? God did. Do you notice the response of the people? It set off a firestorm among them. They thought Jesus had absolutely lost his mind. Others claimed he was demon-possessed. But sadly, things haven't changed much in the last 2,000 years. You know, if you were to get up in a church today and proclaim, I have complete authority over my life and I choose when I will die, you'd probably get thrown out of the church. Those people would look at you and say, who do you think you are? But friend, Jesus is the one who said this. Jesus said this as a man filled with God, united with God, anointed by the Holy Ghost, standing on the earth. Jesus is the one who said this, and God is the one who gave Jesus the authority. This is why no one could touch Jesus the entire time he was on the earth. The only reason he was able to be captured by those 600 soldiers in the Garden of Gethsemane is simply because Jesus allowed it. If you look at John chapter 18, this is when Jesus, he's in the garden, he's about to be arrested. Verse 3, it says, Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, he went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They said, We're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood there with him. And when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. And he asked them again, who are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said, I told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying would be fulfilled which he spoke of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Then the detachment of troops and the captain and the officers of the Jews, they arrested Jesus and bound him. Jesus could have easily, easily escaped this situation if he wanted to. If you look at the layout of Jerusalem, 
Jesus would have seen the lamps and the torches of the soldiers as they left the city walls and were heading toward the garden. He would have easily seen it at night. But Jesus willingly stayed to be arrested. And as Jesus was standing before the soldiers and when they asked him if he was Jesus, Jesus said, I am. And when he said, I am, the power of heaven was released and knocked all the soldiers on their backs. Even in that moment, Jesus could have ran away if he wanted to, but he stayed. Do you really think these guys could have put their hands on Jesus unless he allowed them to? Finally, Jesus states to Peter, shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? In other words, he said, Peter, I have to finish what God called me to do. Jesus willingly laid down his authority and allowed himself to be arrested and crucified. In John chapter 19, verse 28, Jesus on the cross says, I thirst. And a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled a sponge with sour wine and and put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. And when Jesus received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. When Jesus is on the cross, he's literally become the curse for humanity. He isn't just suffering from the physical pains of being tortured, beaten, and the cruelty of being crucified. He has also just taken on the spiritual sin and sickness of the world, and he just became separated from God. What astounds me about this situation is that even though being spiritually dead at this point, he has become the curse. Despite the astounding, and I mean astounding, excruciating physical pain that he's enduring, Jesus still had control over the situation. Jesus still had audacious faith and operation in that he not only chose to be in the situation, he chose when it would be over. It's powerful. Jesus knew that he had completed everything he was sent to do, and when he did, he said, it's finished. And then he intentionally gave up his spirit. Notice I said intentionally. Intentionally. Friend, Jesus chose how long to stay on that cross, and then he chose when to die. When Jesus said, no man can take my life, I have the authority to lay it down, Jesus absolutely meant it. God gave Jesus this command. Now, what does this have to do with us? It has absolutely everything. Jesus was a standard for what is available. Yes, we will eventually have to die a physical death, but nowhere in the Bible does it say, I do not have control. Jesus never said we had to die from sickness or disease. How could I die from a sickness or disease when Jesus gave me all power and all authority over all sickness and all disease? How could death just decide to take me out when I have dead-raising power on the inside of me? In the world's reality, they don't have much say because they're under the rule of Satan, and they're not under the protection of God. But even as a sinner, they still have authority in their words, and they can have what they say. As a son and daughter of God, we have absolute control over when we die. God promised us 120 years, friend. Genesis 6-3, God said, My spirit will not strive with men forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his day shall be 120 years. 120 years. 120 years. Well, if you don't want to live 120 years, well, that's up to you. But, you know, God gave us that promise. And in Psalm 91, he also said, I'll satisfy them with long life and I will show them my salvation. Well, is long life 30 years? Well, no. Is long life 40 years, 50 years? Certainly not. I mean, I'm 40, 
43. I turned 44 this month, and I'll be honest, 70 years is looking good to me right now. <laughs> I mean, I remember when I was 20 years old, and I thought 30 years old was old. Now, 70 years old, it looks young to me. It looks young. But 70 years, it is young. If you think about it, if we've been promised 120 years, well, uh, you know, 40 years, that's not, that's not middle age. You realize how many times people have birthday parties, 40 years, 50 years, and they have the black balloons and medical equipment. People think it's funny. It's not. That's just cursed thinking right there and people, you know, acting like the world. But have you ever noticed how many times that God gives us instructions on how to increase the length of our life? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 through 2, it says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life. Long life and peace they will add to you. Deuteronomy 440 says, You shall therefore keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it would go well with you and your children after you, and that it would prolong your days in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, uh, very familiar to us. It says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it would be well with you, and you would live long on the earth. Well, friend, if God has an appointed time for us to die, why would he give us instructions on how to lengthen our days? It doesn't make any sense. What does, what does make sense is that God gave us a choice on how long we can live within that 120 years. The longer we live on the earth, the more we can do for him. And during our time on the earth, he wants us to live healthy, he wants us to live wealthy, and he wants us to live fully in control. How do we know that? Because Jesus gave himself as the example. Remember, I cannot remind you enough, Jesus is reality. The world's reality, it's ruled and dominated by death. The sinner's under the control of Satan, but thank God, Jesus took the keys over him, who had the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he gave those keys to us and gave us our freedom. Friends, people aren't really afraid of a cancer or a virus. What they're actually afraid of is dying. When you're reacting in fear, you react like the world and you live like the world. Even in the middle of a plague, when you know that you're in control of your life, why is there any reason to fear? Fear is totally annihilated in your life when you know that no person and no disease can take your life. As long as I obey what God has called me to do and I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, no one and no thing, no virus, no bacteria, none of this world's junk can touch me. I will choose when I'm ready to leave the earth. I will leave when I have fulfilled what God has called me to do and when I'm satisfied and ready to go. I will not be dominated by the curse and neither should you because Jesus provided life far beyond what we dreamt was possible. We can live free from the fear of death because we are in control. This is the life we get to live on the earth. We live until we're satisfied, not until we have a disease. This is a major part of heaven's reality is literally we get to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and do it like a boss. Friend, we are in control of our lives. We have the authority. Jesus gave it to us. We just have to realize it and then begin to walk in it. Praise God. Man, that gets me fired up. We've got control. We've got some things to do, and we need to live up to the standard that Jesus left for us and walk in this newness of life that he lives now. Hallelujah. 
Well, friend, uh, hey, make sure and go to our website. Check out our YouTube channel. We're constantly adding some new videos. We've got some new things coming up. And again, if you haven't gotten your copy of An Alternate Reality, go to Amazon.com, get you a copy, and, uh, and then post a review and let us know what you think about it. We love hearing from you. If you have any questions, if you have any prayer requests, make sure and email us. Uh, you can email us at info at chadgonzalez.com. Give us your prayer request, and our prayer team uh, will get on that and praying for you and getting some results. We love you guys. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for all your support. All of our partners, we love you so very much. And we're so excited about what's going to happen with you and I working together in the year of 2021 as we manifest heaven on this earth. We love you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful month. And we'll talk to you next month. God bless.